Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from MetaView, the platform that uses AI to automatically write your interview notes for you, powered by GPT-4. Recruiters and hiring managers at companies like Robinhood, Brex and Genentech describe MetaView as a game changer for their efficiency and ability to have high quality conversations with candidates. They can focus on the conversation rather than on taking notes. MetaView's interview summaries are purpose-built for recruiting, so they're 10 times more accurate and relevant than generic transcription tools. And they work seamlessly with your recruiting stack, video conferencing tools, and even mobile calls, so there's no need to change your existing workflows. You can see the magic for yourself for free on your first five interviews. Head over to metaview.ai slash recruitingfuture. That's metaview.ai slash recruitingfuture to get started. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 523 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Elon Musk, David Solomon and Sam Altman are just three of the CEOs who've recently spoken out publicly against remote and hybrid work. Problems with communication, productivity, skills transfer and culture are some of the most common issues cited. But does dragging people back to the office really make these things better? The advantages of hybrid and remote work are considerable, and there are certainly other ways of addressing their challenges rather than ordering a mandatory return to the office. My guest this week is Jen Fong, VP of People at Customer.io. Customer.io is a fully remote business with employees in 30 countries. Jen offers some great insights on how to embrace the advantages of remote while dealing with its challenges. Hi, Jen, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. I'm so happy to join with you today. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Yeah, I'm Jen Fong, and I am the VP of People at Customer.io. And Customer.io is a customer engagement platform for tech-savvy marketers who want more control and flexibility to craft and send data-driven emails, push notifications, 
SMS and in-app messages. And we are a global company that is fully remote across over 30 countries. And I'm based out of the Bay Area in California. Um, I've worked in HR for about 15 years, primarily in tech. And my passion really lies in cultivating high-performing teams and inclusive cultures. Fantastic stuff. Now, before we sort of get into what we're going to discuss, really interested to get your view on what's happening at the yeah happening in the market at the moment particularly you know working for a tech company as as you do there's obviously a lot of a narrative about layoffs and things like that what else is going on what are the challenges what does the market look like for you you're so right Matt. there's certainly a lot of chatter about layoffs in the tech sector i think you know in 2023 alone we've seen over 150,000 workers laid off from U.S.-based tech companies. So I, I really feel that organizations want to make smart choices with the talent that they bring in to stay ahead of the competition. And, you know, a couple of things um, really stand out to me. I think leaders are challenged with um, budgetary constraints, you know, where companies are opting to pause and decrease merit compensation adjustments to setting, you know, hiring freezes. And I, I think this makes sense as, you know, many companies are weathering the economic downturn, uh, but there is a lot of pressure on leaders to do more with less and make these tough calls. And I think it's not just looking at headcount, right? It's, it's also uh, focusing on spend optimization, you know, taking a closer look at vendor utilization, consolidating tools if you need to, you know, finding opportunities for cost savings. I think that that is something that really stands out to me. And then lastly, you know, I think another observation to point out is that while, you know, we are seeing this influx of people coming into the talent pool with recent layoffs, uh, some companies will still continue to be challenged in competing in their local markets. So, um, to me, I think companies are trying to diversify, you know, how do we get work done, whether that's automation, um, having strategic partnerships, uh, flex talent like freelancers, um, and just, you know, expanding their talent pool to, to global markets. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's very interesting times. And, you know, as you say, it's driving a lot of kind of different thinking and, and innovation. Your organization is a basically a remote first remote first company and i suppose one of the other things that's going on is you know this big debate with you know lots of very high profile employers dragging their employees back to the office sometimes very much against their against their will obviously you know you're still staying very much a remote business why is remote work so important to you and to the broader team i love that question matt i think while we, we are seeing companies launch return to office mandates. Like you mentioned, you have you know, Amazon, Twitter, Apple, you name it. I, I think that you're right. There's been a lot of pushback uh, from employees, especially in tech. And for customer IO, you know, we really believe that remote work offers many benefits to both employees and the organization as a whole. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why remote work is an advantage for employers is the ability to tap into a much larger talent pool. We know that there's this war on talent. There's consistently, you know, um, challenges in being able to bring in talent. But I think by embracing a globally distributed workforce, employers uh, really have access to a wide range of 
candidates with diverse backgrounds and experiences. For us, this has really enabled us to build more inclusive and diverse teams. And as we've seen in research, this is really shown to improve innovation and decision making in the workplace. When we don't have these geographic barriers and they're no longer a constraint, I think employers are really able to attract and hire the best talent regardless of their physical location. And I would say, you know, secondly, remote work really empowers our employees when it comes to having the freedom to design their work, workday and, you know, manage their time independently. Our culture is uh, very much grounded on autonomy and trust, trust in their abilities, trust in their judgment. Um, we want, we essentially want to treat you like a grown up, right? And when you couple that with flexibility to better integrate your professional responsibilities with your personal commitments. I think remote work um, improves overall well-being, reduces stress, um, and encourages a, a healthier and more sustainable work-life balance. Uh, we, we certainly see this as a key driver in our employee engagement. And for many employees, as you mentioned, it's a, a pretty tough pill to swallow to be required to return back to the office sometimes five days a week after working remotely for two years. I, I think that this is why uh, we've seen in the U.S. the number of workers returning to the office has somewhat stalled. Um, and in this current talent market, flexibility, autonomy, autonomy are you know still highly sought after attributes um, for, for job seekers. Absolutely. And, you know, with all that said, obviously, remote work does have its challenges as well. One of those is building that sense of community and connection when you're not sort of in the same building or meeting face to face regularly. How do you build community and connection um, across your business? I think that, you know, it takes time, right? You know, there are definitely um, having a remote uh, culture has its own set of challenges, you know, from communication to collaboration. But I think companies can be successful with this approach if they take time to address, um, you know, uh, issues through technology, establishing cultural norms, processes that really propel, you know, how do we collaborate uh, effectively together? How do we get work done efficiently? Um, I think for us, you know, it's taken years and years of trial and error, you know, to really build that muscle to be successful uh, working in a highly uh, distributed company. And Matt, we're still learning, you know, I, but we believe this is the future of work and, and we're committed to this journey. And I think it is going to be an ongoing challenge for many hybrid and remote organizations because connection has such a big impact to employee engagement, you know, in a remote environment. And you probably experience this as well. It's easy for people to get into that routine of hopping from one Zoom meeting to another. It can just start to feel very transactional and that common proverbial water cooler, you know, having those conversations that normally occur in the office, they're not happening uh, as organically in remote environments. And that can certainly um, make folks feel isolated. And we know how important strong social connections at work play a huge role in employee well-being, productivity, that sense of belonging. I, I think that there was a recent Gallup study on 
the significance of having a best friend at work, right? And the, in the, the data indicated that, you know, having this close connection at work is strongly linked to several business outcomes, such as profitability, engagement, retention, and at customer IO, this is something that we, we certainly prioritize. Um, and we focus on three areas. Number one, deploying the tools that enable collaboration connection. Um, two, being intentional about how we leverage in-person meetups. And lastly, creating opportunities for employees to connect socially. The, the tool piece, I can't, can't overstate this. Um, we need the right tools to, to get work done effectively. And for us, we are a Slack-heavy organization. Um, so we've implemented and integrated engagement apps like Donut and Hey Taco to bring people together. And Donut is, is a great tool because it helps to coordinate virtual coffee chats in a randomized way. So you get that opportunity to uh, get to know more people outside of your working team. I think it's also great if you're looking for an automated way to encourage discussion through prompts, uh, celebrate anniversaries and birthdays to peer learning. We've had a lot of success and high usage of this tool. Um, hey Taco, another great app and just a fun way for employees to engage in peer to peer recognitions. Um, so employees will use this tool to, you know, hand out talk, taco emojis um, on our taco Slack channel. And these tacos can be cashed in for actual rewards or used to donate to um, charities. And I know what you're thinking, Matt, like donuts and tacos, this company must have a lot of foodies and we do. But these are really simple tools and fun ways uh, to build that social connection in, in a very seamless and flexible way. I would say the highlight to me in, in terms of being able to work remotely is that, you know, we have efficiencies and um, we gain a lot of productivity, but we do see the value in incorporating in-person uh, gatherings and events. Uh, and that can vary from Functional team meetups to bringing certain teams together like engineering and product to a sales kickoff. And I would say for me, my, one of my favorite meetups is our all company retreat. Uh, we really focus our time on aligning our teams to company goals, provide opportunity to work together on interesting problems. And of course, having, you know, that time to bond, I think shared experience it's just so important to fostering that sense of community and building trust and rapport. Um, we often hear from our employees how rewarding critical it is to have these these uh, opportunities to work together in person. And we know it's, it's such a privilege to be able to travel as a company. And we, we definitely want to make the best use of it when we come together. Tell us a little bit more about how that sort of really sort of builds and, and creates the, the culture of the organization and how the culture ties into the, the company's overall goals. Yeah, I think that that's an, an excellent question. Um, it, it can really be somewhat of a, a constant tightrope balance as leaders decide, okay, what do we prioritize? You know, what's going to have the biggest impact? just sustaining performance as our company grows. Um, and I think that leaders can focus on a couple things. You know, when it comes to driving towards 
company goals and metrics, uh, I think it's important that employees have a clear understanding of how their role ties back to the success of the team, the success of the company. Um, it may start with, you know, aligning the company to a strategic planning or, or goal setting framework. And there, there are definitely many out there, like from KPIs, MBOs, OKRs, you name it. Um, but with whichever framework is used, having clear communication and training on what is the overall company strategy, how team goals, individual goals are set, you know, how progress is monitored, um, even the cadence of how often we are um, meeting as an organization to discuss how we're performing against our goals can really drive that accountability and transparency for employees. I think for customer IO, transparency is one of our core values. We feel when we operate from this place of openness, um, uh, we're able to establish trust and foster that growth mindset culture. And as much as we celebrate our success, we also want to create a space where employees feel comfortable and speaking candidly about, hey, what didn't go so well? Share our failures, uh, our lessons learned. I think that um, these are uh, great things that need to be established to be able to get to what's going to really change the company, what's going to evolve us and move us forward. And I think this also means providing the opportunity for employees to share feedback, right? That this, they want to be a part of the conversation of how the culture evolves over time, have a reflection point on our current state and where we aspire to be as a company. So I, I think tapping into tools like an engagement survey has really helped us leverage these insights and build upon um, people programs, initiatives as we kind of align these inputs to company strategy. And at, at Customer.io, you know, being clear on what's being asked of employees, fostering transparency and feedback has really led to better problem solving, trust building, and employees feeling more connected to the company. And I think I would just add that. Employee expectations have certainly shifted during the pandemic and employees expect more from their employers, um, you know, to provide an, an employee experience that supports them as a whole person, not just segmented to a worker. Um, and I think for many employees, I think the personal and work life has blended together. And I think it's great that it's created this opportunity to be more vulnerable with each other, to seek and provide support, to have more empathy for each other. And I know for me, this had a very meaningful impact. Personally, as a, a new parent with a pandemic baby that now is a pandemic toddler, you know, I felt like I could be more open about how challenging the return to work was or garner a lot of support from peers and leaders. And one of my favorite Slack channels at work is our parents' channel because people will be so active in terms of asking for advice, sharing pictures of children's milestones, you know, speaking candidly when uh, the challenges of parenting are, are real and happening all the time. And I think it's definitely made me feel uh, more connected to our community of caretakers. And I think at the end of the day, 
uh, employees want to be treated as humans and have their fundamental needs met. And employees are looking to their employers uh, to build deeper connection, um, personal growth, get support on well-being and have that shared purpose. And I think as companies design programs and experience, we really need to do this in a holistic way that accounts for the realities of um, the individual. I would add that, you know, with Colin, our CEO, he's he's always cared about providing a consistent experience that encourages high performance and collaboration, regardless, regardless of your manager, your time zone, your geographic location, and other factors. I think he's been a very strong voice and champion for creating a people-first culture that delivers exceptional products to our customers. So I think it's, you know, you're balancing the company goals, you're, you're while fostering uh, empathetic and uh, empathetic and dynamic culture, it's, it's going to require a, a nuance and strategic approach. Uh, but I think if you're setting clear goals, championing transparency, supporting employees in a more human way, it can have such a positive effect on the work and and really supports both the company's success and employee satisfaction. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees, you can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com slash pod. That's www.wonolo.com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. Earlier in the conversation, we talked a little tiny bit about sort of innovation in talent and talent acquisition and companies needing to think differently about skills that they have in their business and things like that. What strategies do you think employers need to implement to ensure they have the right skills in their businesses for the future? Yeah, I think that there are a couple strategies that can help employers be uh, proactive in skill development and preparing for their future needs. You know, starting off with strategic workforce planning, HR teams can partner with leaders to integrate you know regularly scheduled assessments of current and future workforce needs and really compare that to um, other data inputs such as you know skill inventory or skill audit of their current team members. Uh, understanding like the overall team performance as well as development opportunities. Um, I think it does involve uh, analyzing the skills and competencies required to meet business goals, as well as identifying kind of the skill gaps and emerging needs. Um, and when you align this 
uh, with long-term business objectives, I think leaders can more readily identify and address uh, skill requirements, ensure that they have the right talent in place. And as I previously mentioned, you know, the value in embracing a growth mindset, I think creating a culture of continuous learning and development is so key to staying ahead of the game in a rapidly changing world, right? Or in investing in upskilling or reskilling programs, um, providing stretch opportunities can really help employees acquire new skills, um, adapt to technological advancements and stay relevant in their roles. And I think that this can be done in a, a number of ways from internal training, external coaching, online learning platforms, mentorships, there's so much out there. Um, and a, co- a company can have, you know, great programs like a robust LMS and a, a generous education reimbursement perk. But I think this doesn't matter unless you have managers that also play an active role in reinforcing the behaviors like prioritizing development, sharing internal resources, and helping employees ensure that they have the time to invest in learning and training. And I think lastly, when when it comes to recruiting, like focusing on strategies that attract diverse skill sets can help us tap into emerging talent pools and stay informed of the market conditions and what skills are trending. I think that technology and data can help recruiting teams more readily identify and engage with potential uh, candidates early on to establish those key relationships. Um, But there are so many more ways to connect with talent now, whether that's through your ATS, online job boards, social media, professional networks. Um, It's really enabling recruiters to reach a wider pool of candidates. And overall, I think ensuring that a business has the right skills for the future really requires a combo of identifying future skill sets, assessing, you know, what's the current state now, um, fostering a culture of learning, um, and building an effective pipeline. I think by taking a proactive approach um, to skills development, employers can really position their business for success. So final question for you. Technology is a very, very big theme of all of the conversations that are that are going on in the space at the moment. How do you think something like AI is going to in, impact on processes and resources and communication in terms of what we do? Matt, I absolutely love this topic. Um, technology can be so transformative for HR teams. And I am so excited to see more teams leverage AI to work smarter, not harder. And for our people team, I really encourage my team to experiment, test, lean in to finding ways to leverage technology in their day-to-day to free up their time, you know, um, eliminate low-value tasks and increase their time to focus on more strategic initiatives. And in the recruiting space, Technology um, can help so much in automating certain aspects of the hiring process, such as sourcing, reporting. Um, You can utilize AI to help generate job posting. So you're not just starting from scratch. I think it's also making it easier for applicants to apply for jobs. There are so many of these AI power tools that are helping recruiting teams automate a lot of the administrative tasks 
and improve the hiring experience for both candidates and hiring managers. I think that technology uh, will also help uh, teams make better business decisions, uh, especially as we see more progress in AI-powered analytics tools. Um, we uh, at Customer IO get so much insight from diving into um, our employee engagement data to analyzing our turnover rates and other metrics. Like I think that you know being able to have a seat at a ta- table means making better decisions that are driven by data. And I think that um, that there is the technology there um, that we should certainly leverage. One other area that I think is super interesting to see uh, progress is uh, the learning space. Um, I think for training, there are several ways uh, AI can help to personalize the learning experience for employees. We all know that uh, we may learn better in certain formats, the type of um, language to, you know, how the data is being presented. I think that um, there's a lot to come in this space. I know Coursera recently shared that they will be launching Coursera Coach, which is a virtual coach powered by generative AI to provide lecture summaries, um, personalized feedback, really having kind of like a tutor at hand, right? Um, um, and I, I think they're also planning to uh, launch an AI-powered enhancement to their platform that can deliver customized training content, um, easier ways to build the curriculum as well, um, and really being able to focus in on individual employee needs, preferences, and learning styles. Um, overall, I think AI is likely to play a, an increasingly important role in HR and recruiting in the future like by automating routine tasks, um, being able to use data in a better way and offering personalized training opportunities. I think AI has um, the potential to make HR teams more efficient and effective in supporting the workforce. Jen, thank you very much for talking to me. My thanks to Jen. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, 
but my life. Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at La Chiffre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.